Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. I have been moving house and I'm in that particular type of hell where you move into somewhere that's not finished yet. And when we were moving on Friday, I was making myself a cup of tea in a saucepan (laughs) and a kettle and... I fell in a hole in the kitchen. Like literally, not emotionally. Like an actual <laughs> hole. Well, I was already in one of those, but it was like at least a metre deep, the hole. <laughs> oh, no. Like it was a hole. Oh. Who leaves a hole in a kitchen? And I bruised my ribs. Have a look at this. I bruised my ribs. Oh, you really oh, did. And I bruised my arm here and my elbow and I just sat in the hole and I cried. Oh, darling. <laughs> I cried in my hole and there was not – everyone was too busy doing things and moving to give me any sympathy. I was going to say, how did you get out of the hole? Because that, that bruise is under your arm. It was quite a deep hole and I hit myself on the floorboards and the oh, kitchen yeah. counter on the way down. Oh. And then – but the it gets worse. So I had a little cry in the hole. And then tomorrow <laughs> I've got my annual mammogram. And I'm worried that they're going to think that someone's been hitting me. And they're going to say, hey, how did you get those bruises? And I'll say, I fell in the hole. And I'll go, oh, (laughs) my story. There is something, you know, when you hurt yourself and you're sad and you do, you need someone to just go, are you okay? You've got a lot of experience in this. Are you okay? Do you want me to help you? But nobody did. Well, you had to like pull yourself out of the hole. I pulled myself out of the hole and then I went to find Jason (laughs) and he didn't realise and he handed me a box. And I went, (laughs) I really hurt myself. And he's like, oh no, babe. And I was like, yes, please. My sympathy. Welcome to Mamma Mia Out Loud. It's what women are talking about three times a week. I'm Holly Wainwright and I want to give a big shout out to everyone in Melbourne who can finally have their hair done for the first time in forever. I know it doesn't make up for all the all the trauma of being locked in your houses, but apparently hairdressers are just the phones are ringing off the hook. They are very busy today. Now Melbourne people are going to start going through what we all went through and what they went through back when every little thing just seems like Christmas, like oh my God, I can get my hair cut or I can drive more than five kilometres from my home. Like, what is this wonderland that I can experience? So big love to you guys. Who else is with me today? I'm Lee Campbell filling in for Jessie Stevens, And I'm Mia Friedman. Out of your hole. <laughs> Out of my hole and a little bit bruised. <laughs> On today's show, nipple equality. Those are not two words that I say very often, but they are something we need to talk about. It's to do with social media body standards and all nipples are created equal, apparently, and we need to discuss. And Lee Campbell has a rather controversial opinion that she needs to share with everybody about facials. But first, I am happy today. You can probably tell. I have a spring in my step. I feel like there's hope in the world. I'm not getting too carried away because we don't want to get superstitious. But part of this was because on the weekend, 
Jacinda Ardern was returned as Prime Minister in New Zealand with a massive landslide, a massive majority, which was lovely. I only have two simple words. Thank you. But what made me particularly happy with all the talk we've been having lately around Gladys Berejiklian and women in politics and how politics doesn't mesh with private lives, it made me really happy to see both her and another politician on the stages giving us some new templates. So... For very obvious reasons, I'm very invested in Jacinda Ardern's relationship. So she has a partner, not a husband, Mm -hmm. although they are engaged now, called Clark Gayford, and they've been together for a long time. They've got a little girl who's two, and he's the primary carer. And I love that. I love that he is the wind beneath her wings, and he's also always so proud and so supportive, and there's nothing... Even the media don't even try to make him out as like any kind of sad character. It's just a very positive mm. model of relationships that I love to see. Because they did that a little bit with Julia Gillard and the first Tim. bloke, Tim. Mm. Mm. I've his second name. So have I. Yeah, He's that's bad, isn't not it? lasted the test Sorry. of time. But you're right, there's never any snark no. about Clark. There's no snark about my Clark. And then also in Canberra, so the chief minister of the ACT is a guy called Andrew Barr, and I'm open, I didn't know this, right, because I don't pay a lot of attention to Canberrian politics. Sorry, Canberrans everywhere. He was re-elected and he was up on stage with his husband, Anthony Toms, who he's been with for 21 years and he married him last year after the legalisation, obviously, of same-sex marriage. And there was just something very refreshing about seeing these different models of families and politicians' private lives up for display. Mm. Even more so because I feel like, so we talked about Gladys Berejiklian, who's the Premier of New South Wales, last Wednesday. We had quite a long conversation about that. She is in hot water, I think we could say, <laughs> is the cliched tabloid mm. term for it, because it's been revealed that she was in a close personal relationship with a, a corrupt politician. And she is very hard on the offensive on the PR machine. Today in particular, she's been on Ben Fordham's 2GB show. She's been on Kyle and Jackie O, both big, big hitter radio shows in New South Wales. And she also gave an interview to the Daily Telegraph in which she said that she's given up on love. She said, I've given up on love entirely. And all her mates, all the politicians who are supporting her, and they all are, which is great because she is a great premier, as discussed, keep saying she's married to New South Wales. And I'm just like, man, I don't know. There's just something so refreshing about seeing like a Jacinda Mm. who apparently can have a life as well as having a massive job. But I feel like Gladys can't, has to say that, you know. I mean, I think she should just stop talking now, but I do think that she has to say that because she's trying to dig herself out of a hole. So what She said, I can formally say to people I've given up on love. Well, that's just sad. I'm just going to say I've always put my job first, rightly or wrongly, and that will now continue indefinitely. Oh, There's I just something really her. sad about yeah. that. Mia, what do you think? I think she needs to get a dog maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I Something else struck me over the weekend. Someone sent me a text message that Joe Biden had sent to his son. I've been thinking about politicians and their families. And I'm old enough to remember when Bob Hawke was Prime Minister and his daughter um, had a drug problem and there was an issue with her and he gave a press conference and he started to cry. Oh, that's right. And that was the first time that I can remember seeing a politician with a not perfect family life. You know, usually it's like you've seen the Women's Weekly or in whatever on television and it's all there. On the newspaper, they're perfect family and and that's very much been the projection. But people's families are messy and people's lives are messy whether they're in politics or not. 
over the weekend, I mean, Joe Biden, who is running to be president of the United States, please God, <laughs> has had an extraordinarily tragic life in terms of his private life. When Many years ago, his first wife was killed in a car accident with their baby daughter mm. and their two sons were in the back. And one of those sons a couple of years ago died of a brain tumour and the other one, Hunter, has a drug problem that's been quite well publicised. And there was a story on the weekend where some rushes basically hacked his his phone or his emails and, and a story was written with some text exchanges that he'd had with his son. And it just said, a raw series of text messages show Joe Biden offering fatherly comfort as his son Hunter lamented from a rehab facility about being a fucked up addict who can't be trusted. That's a quote, Mark, and had damaged his dad's political career. The intimate family exchange took place in February 2019, two months before Joe launched his campaign for the White House. And he said at 6.57 a.m., Joe Biden wrote to his son, Good morning, my beautiful son. I miss you and love you, Dad. Mm. And I just thought, yeah, there's a lot to, to be gained. And, Lee, you and I talk about this all the time. There's someone out there with a wound in the shape of your words mm. and there's someone out there with a family in the shape of your family and that's why representation is so important whether your child or partner has a drug problem or a mental health problem or whether you're in a same-sex relationship or whether your family is of a different style. I think having these different examples of what a family looks like and what people look like and relationships look like is helpful and I think that's why so many people were, were sympathetic to Gladys and, yes, we all projected our terrible relationships onto her <laughs> and went, yeah, I get it. So women are very, very forgiving of that, mm. whether that's right or wrong and, and I know you think it's probably wrong whole but I think that's where the empathy for her comes from. I think that it just shows that she's human. I agree that perhaps she hasn't done the right thing politically but I like to know that she's a woman and she's made a mistake with the wrong guy. I agree and we're not going to re-prosecute that that we talked about last week but I want to say that when I express like, oh, a bit of about her saying I'm married to my job and I've given up on love and stuff it's not because I think there's absolutely anything wrong with being a single woman in your 40s or any other age I absolutely don't what I don't like is the portrayal of it as being some kind of sad tragic disaster well I would have more respect if Gladys was like you know what I don't need an idiot dude in yeah. my life making a mess for me. I am happy and fulfilled and strong and doing a great job and I should never have, you know what I mean? See, like, I, I, like, I would like that better. But I would like her to me. just say, yeah, I dated a dickhead. I want her to keep dating. Like I don't feel like she needs mm. to give up and I loved seeing Jacinta's partner. He prepared snacks for the Thai journalist and I loved – the two husbands kissing and the woman in the background, she, there was just so much joy. And this over mm. this weekend, it was just, yeah, everyone's lives look different now. It's 2020. But I think Gladys saying, I'm giving up on love, I think she feels like she has to say that. Mm-hmm. And she's obviously hurting. But I wanted to go, no, I'm going to keep going out there. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us. Tell us. Come on, tell us. Tell us where you're listening. Hi, Mamia Out Loud. My name is Josefa and I am sending this from Madrid in Spain. I lived in Australia a few years back um, and now I am living in Spain and I listen to you guys every single week. It really keeps me sane and connected to everything that's happening in Australia. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. 
Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Over to you, Mia Friedman. Oh, okay. Nipples. Oh, nipples. I think Alexander's got three. Nipples? I've got mm. two. I think they're called shadow nipples. Oh. Yeah. So you've got four nipples. Where they're like, so you're a witch. I'll show you. Yeah, it's not rude because it's not my actual nipple. Is there something here? Yeah, it's a freckle. Oh, no. You've got the one there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's like, yeah. See, it's like it's oh, like a, yeah. Like a, yeah. You're Chandler yeah. Bing. Anyway, <laughs> moving on from my extra nipples, there were two stories about bodies that were on social media over the weekend that grabbed lots of attention. First of all, Celeste Barber's mostly nude body. You know, Celeste Barber does those great things where she shows a photo usually of a skinny person or a celebrity model and then she reenacts it in a very funny way. She did one of those. It's called her Challenge Accepted Posts. And on Friday, she uploaded a side by side photo of former Victoria's Secret model Candace Swainapole and herself both clutching one bare breast through an open shirt. And even though Candace, that was the only thing she was wearing, Celeste was also wearing a pair of nude undies. So she wasn't totally in the nude. And then the caption read, when you finally sit down and your kid asks for a drink. Because <laughs> her face is like, oh. <laughs> and Candace herself, the supermodel, actually commented, how did you know that's exactly what happened? Because, of course, <laughs> Celeste has millions of followers, including all the celebrities that she reenacts their poses. But then when when all her fans started sharing the photo to their own accounts, Celeste fans, Instagram intervened and took them down and they were notified saying, we removed your story because it goes against our community guidelines on nudity and sexual activity. However, when these same fans tried to upload the original photo of Candace, there were no issues and they weren't banned. Then Celeste posted, Instagram emailed me an apology bless saying it was an error and that they are working to fix it. They also said that even the people that tried to share my post will be able to. They also said that they are going to review the breast covering policy, which will come as very happy news to Abby Chatfield because she's the former Bachelor contestant and she's an influencer and feminist. And she tried to post a hand bra picture of herself to promote the book that she's writing over the weekend. You know, when you just, you're hot. I'm doing it now. I'm holding my, my boobs with Like my Janet Jackson back in the day, that album cover. Yeah. Anyone remember? Iconic. Hand bra. Mm-hmm. That also was banned by Instagram. And she instead put up a post of her head on the torso of a naked man calling for nipple equality. <laughs> Holly. Do you and Brent have nipple equality and do you think it's something worth fighting for? So this is so interesting because I know there's a whole like free the nipple campaign, wasn't there, that that has been going around for a while now about how it's ridiculous that some social media sites won't let you put a picture of breastfeeding or anything to do with women's boobs unless... Breast cancer, like mastectomy shots. But they don't seem to have as much of a problem with like sexy influencer pics, generally speaking. However... Abby said in her thing, which I thought was quite interesting, she said, a man's nips out and proud are definitely more appropriate than my hands over my tits, right? 
F this double standards bullshit. I want to show my titties, she said. Four <laughs> exclamation marks, five exclamation marks. Go, Abby. But alas, we will have to cop this stock image nipple until Instagram and society decides that all nipples are equal. But they're not. Well, no. This is what we need to, thing to say. This is, but clearly there are a lot of young women who think that they are. Hence, free the nipple and now hashtag nipple equality. Did you ever used to sunback topless? Yeah. Because I used to sunback topless. I was totally at topless. Beach. At the beach. Mm. Did you hope? No, I'm too fair. Like I'm the, I'm oh. the palest, most English. I just Doesn't need burnt nips. Shh, we're yeah. all just fried. Like a Friday. Friday. But I think at the beach and on Instagram are two different things. Yep. And as much as maybe I don't want to agree with it, women's boobs and men's boobs are different. Ours yeah. are sexualized whether or not they should be. I know they're to feed children, but I'm sorry they're part of our sexy bits. <laughs> Holly, wait. Well, they are, but... It, what people are suggesting is that should be changing. I understand that, but I just don't think that can be a decision Instagram makes overnight. It's not an Instagram thing. It's a biological thing. But my problem with this is intent. Like the photo Abby wanted to put up was sexy but not overt and that's not allowed. Then you go on Tiger, who's a, an American rapper. He's Kylie Jenner's ex. You go on his Instagram and he has got photos of women, I'm assuming consenting, but they're pretty much in porn positions, but they've got tiny pixelated bits over their vaginas Mm. and their nipples. Those images, even though they're pixelated, are so explicitly sexual and they're allowed for some reason. But then Abby's was, yes, sexy but still tasteful. Or a breastfeeding mother isn't allowed. Exactly. And so I think whoever's regulating it has got the wrong rule book. I don't think we should have full nudity on Instagram, but I think if Abby's isn't allowed and these tiger shots are allowed, someone's not regulating it correctly. Devil's advocate, who are we protecting when we don't let nipples be on Instagram? Who are you worried about might see a bare nipple and freak out? That's such a good question. Like, what good are you question. worried about? Like, what are we worried about here in terms of nipples? See, I'm happy to see nipples, but I don't want to see sexualized yeah. boobs everywhere. I don't know, but then why not? Why don't I? I don't mm. know. Like, it's, it's who are we protecting? So, I wonder. I just think there's got to be a bit of decorum. I think the sexualized line. If I put my as a mother hat on, mm. right, and my daughter who's just heading towards you know yeah. puberty, adolescence, whatever we want to call it. She's very interested at the minute, as we talked about this the other week, she's very interested in the minute of pictures of women's bodies and she's like, that's embarrassing for her. Why doesn't she, why didn't she put a top on like that? Mm. She's at that, still at that stage of, of her existence. I don't want to protect her from boobs. No. You know, I want her to know that boobs come in all shapes and sizes and that's fine, but I do want to protect her from tiger's boobs, as yes. you were just describing, as you said, Mia, they're like hypersexualized. So I guess that I look at my own values when mm. I'm making that call. I don't care if she sees lots of different nipples. I think that's probably quite helpful. Okay, here's I've just you've helped me work it out. Yep, so got there. I've got there. So here's why I don't mind Instagram's policy, even though I think that it needs to be modified in terms of breastfeeding and breast cancer, but sexualized. It's because the boobs that you would then end up seeing would all be the same kind. Mm. They would be perky or they would be quite big or they would be young and they would be not boobs that look like any of us around this that's table. That's such a good point. And mm. so that would, yeah. So well, it perpetuates a new standard. Correct. We've already done that to our faces when you correct. see the Instagram face that, you know, in quote marks. So we could say Instagram free the nipple, but only in non-sexualized shots. 
Well, yeah. Yeah, and because also like all a- nipples. We want to see hairy nipples. We want to see black nipples. Long we inverted see nipples. Inverted nipples. We want to see nipples that look like dinner plates when you're pregnant yes. or when you're breastfeeding. Yeah. You know, uh, and I just feel that. We need nipple diversity. Yeah. Nipple diversity. <laughs> That's okay. what we need. I like so that. I'll that, get on board that. So the hashtag nipple equality needs to go hand in hand with the hashtag nipple diversity. Yes. <laughs> I like it. For the record, actually, whenever Matilda sees a boy with his top off walking down the street, she also thinks he should put his shirt on. I love Matilda. <laughs> Could she come on the show? Lee. You wrote a newsletter this week, as you always do. If you want to subscribe to Lee's newsletter or mine or Mia's, you can go to Mama Mia and do that. But you wrote one this week that was actually quite controversial considering your profession. (laughs) Wasn't it? Tell Mia and I about it. (sighs) So, yes, quite controversially, I said that I don't think the vast majority of women and men should spend their money on facials. So, no, we shouldn't be getting facials. Well, look... There's a few caveats to that, but generally, no, I don't think people should spend money on a one-off facial. And here is why. Because would you sign up to a gym membership, go to the gym once, do a 45-minute workout, and then expect to be fit? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, wouldn't that be nice? However, I would know that would not be true. (laughs) And the same rule applies to improving your skin. So if you want to just go for a nice hour facial massage, go for it. In my 20s, I went for facial massage, which feels nice. Now that I'm nearing 40, I don't go for nice facials. If I'm going for a facial, it's to get results. It's not generally that enjoyable. What's the difference? Probably a cleansing, a quick peel, which, as you know, is a bit stingy, and then maybe some sort of laser or even extractions if I've got spots. So it's not a relaxing hour, but I'm expecting my skin to be improved thereafter. But I go every six weeks. If you can't really afford to go every six weeks, which is the vast majority of we people. Could call, we could refer that back to Friday's episode about things that make you rich. Yes. Six weekly facials, oh, possibly God. on that list. You're rich if yeah. you're going every six weeks. But you'll get a beautiful glow from a facial probably last three or four days. An at-home care routine, you do morning and night diligently, will give you better skin forever, you know, for mm. as long as you do it than this one of facial. So I'm not – if you enjoy facials, go for it. If you've got the money, go for it. But if you're sitting there with your limited play money budget and thinking, oh, everyone's getting facials and I'm not, don't feel left out. You're much better off spending your money on your products at home. If you've got – if someone gives you a voucher for Indota Spa, I would get a body massage. Whenever I get given a treatment to go to somewhere, I always get a body treatment because it's more relaxing and my face is only going to benefit for a little bit. See, I love getting a, a basic facial when I'm, you know, I'm on holiday or I'm away. and I'm you're like, a basic bitch. It's true. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to just go and have a facial because it's going to make my skin feel fab. And then, and it is, but for two or three days. Yeah. So if that was $300 yeah. or however much, you know, it's <gasps> a lot of money. Cost. I hate facials. Face- I hate you? people touching my face. I don't love oh, it either. I also I like get it. bored and I don't like that feeling when you're sort of half asleep but you're not a, you can't be properly asleep mm. i hate that in between feeling but do you enjoy a body treatment of you just don't no, like. I just don't like. I just ugh, I get I get antsy. So when I went for because I'm going to your person now, Lee, and I don't know what they were doing, but it's not like a because it's, it's not relaxing. No, it's well, no, but I still get tired. So I was listening to the the vice presidential debate. I listened to that in my headphones from the whole thing, and I enjoyed it, it more. Yeah, I think it's a good way to podcast. I, I do that with nails too. I try and do double. 
you know, get something else done as a busy mum. But my point is don't feel left out if you can't get facials because what you're doing every day, morning and night is more effective than what this facialist is doing once in a blue moon. So you're saying there's a difference between a facial and a treatment. Correct. I would call a facial pretty much when they do a lovely deep massage and that does feel nice. Everyone enjoys that. A treatment is generally more treating melasma, fine lines, you know, Mm. when you've got stuff. When you're when you're I have our always age, thought when I go and get my basic facials, I have always thought they could be smearing baked beans on my face. I would have yeah. no idea. Do like, you? That'd that feel nice. Do you want to know a funny story? I was sent. I was in London at the time, and, and a PR, obviously this is very media related, saw that I was in London and said, "Oh, do you want to go to this fancy spa for a facial?" And I was like, "Oh, yes, please." It was for free. It was in London. I went in, and they didn't know who I was, which means, which is hilarious to say, but they just thought I was a regular customer. She massaged my face with one hand, and she was on her mobile phone the entire time. Oh, in a really fancy place that would have really, cost lots yep, of money. That, yep. <gasps> and then I had to get out and say, look, I'm sorry. And I emailed the person. I had to say, I'm sorry, but that was the worst facial I've ever had. And if I had been a paying customer paying £200 or whatever, wow. can you imagine? So, yeah, you're right. You, you never know what's <laughs> going on in there. All right. So the rule is, you heard it here from Lee Campbell, controversial facials are a waste of money unless you can afford to get them all the time. Correct. But or if, you really want one. Yeah. Or if you just like that form of relaxation. Yes. There's a certain celebrity that whenever she is in Australia making a movie or when she was in Australia making a movie, she would go every day for a facial just because she liked yeah. the relaxation of it and she could obviously afford it. <laughs> but if it's not in your budget, don't feel yeah. bad. Okay. Oh, very helpful. Recommendations. Mia Friedman, what have you got for us? I have one. It's a recommendation from my parents who often recommend me things with subtitles, which I never watch. (laughs) But this was actually great. It's called The Split. It's on Stan. And it is about a family law firm of women. It's British. And it's, it's the mother and her three daughters, and they all work in a family firm. And the eldest daughter, splits from the family and goes off and works at a rival practice. So each episode, it's got stuff about the relationships, the complex relationships between the three sisters and their mother and all the, the family court dramas that they deal with every week. It's it's I think there's two seasons. Oh. It's really, really, really good. I just need something at the moment that I can just switch my brain off and and just watch. I like um, two seasons it. too because I don't feel like it's too far gone that I can't get nope. into it. I know. When you look at it, it's like eight seasons yeah. unless you've got a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, just, just really interesting. It's just fun. Hmm. So Stan, it's called The Split. Yeah. Love it. Your recommendation from last week, Emily in Paris, there is much talk in the Mum Mirror Out Louders group about that. Many, many people love it. Somebody yeah. did describe it as a turd rolled in glitter. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yes. I watched the first one on Friday night. What did I you was think? feeling like I just wanted something. Well, yeah. I was I was like, yes. It was an irritating. Yeah. But I was like, yes, I need Joyfully to watch that one. That is all we have time for on Mamma Mia Out Loud this week. Thank you for listening. I'm Holly Wainwright. If you want to hear more of me, you'll hear it on this glorious mess on Fridays. I'm Lee Campbell. If you want to hear more of me, I'm on You Beauty on Tuesdays and Miss Glorious Mess Little Kids on Mondays. I'm Mia Friedman and if you want to hear more of me, I'm on No Filter on Mondays and this week it's Magazine Queens, two of the most iconic magazine editors who influenced a generation of women who worked on all the major titles, Paula Joy and Deborah Thomas. We talk about all the gossip, everything that went on behind the scenes. It's heaven. I cannot wait. Me too. I started and then I got to where I was going too quick. Oh, don't you hate that? I often sit in the car to finish. <laughs> no. Never coming to work. Cannot though. wait. 
This episode of Mommy Out Loud is produced by Emma Gillespie and the executive producer of Out Loud is Eliza Ratliff. We'll see you on Mamma Mia. Bye. Bye. Want to be in the know about the top celebrity and entertainment news stories of the day? Then join me, Laura Brodnick, Mamma Mia's entertainment editor. And me, Key Reese from Mamma Mia's Social Squad for The Spill, a daily pop culture podcast that takes a smart look at celebrity news. The Spill drops every afternoon at 3pm. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. You know you want to. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.